So we have a very special guest for today's show. Uh, she comes all the way from Nunavut, uh, Canada. Nunavut, Canada is very is a passionate ambassador for women in aviation and aviation in general. She's also the recipient of the top AMT professional award from the 2022 Aerospace Maintenance Competition. We are very honored and excited to have you on the show. Please welcome Cassandra Hep. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be on your show tonight. No, thank you for coming. It, it's always uh, humbling to have guests come on the show and especially when we have guests who are just leagues above what we do we're not oh, yeah. worthy. What, we're, what i would call the super professionals yes um um we are we are very much some slack jaws compared to uh people such as yourselves who excel in the field oh well thank you so much i'm very excited about this so you you and everyone all the professionals out there you guys are honestly the superheroes. We are just a couple of schmoes on the mic and we just give her a spill and <laughs> hopefully give someone enough laughs to not cause a mishap. <laughs> schmoes is a good word. <laughs> schmoes. Delicious hot schmoes. <laughs> Those are s'mores buzz. <laughs> so Cassandra, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, yes, my name is Cassandra Hepp, and I am an aircraft maintenance engineer. I work for Canadian North in Resolute Bay, Nunavut. Um, so for people who don't even know, Nunavut is one of the northern territories in Canada. So it's kind of like north of Ontario. Um, and I work like very far up, like in the arctic circle there's no trees um right now because it's getting close to the summer solstice it's 24 hour daylight like the sun never goes down um so yeah that's where i work and uh i started so how i got into aircraft maintenance was i was taking a bachelor of science at a university in calgary right after i finished high school but i didn't really know what i would do with a bachelor of science I just kind of took it because I thought that I was supposed to get a degree after I finished school. Um, and then I actually met somebody who was taking aircraft maintenance at SAIT and that's in Calgary as well. And I just kind of thought like, oh, well, I've always loved airplanes. So maybe I could try doing that. Like that was it. Like in high school, I took cosmetology. I did like hair and nails, fashion class, like I did sewing so when I got accepted into state and started the aircraft maintenance program, it was just like, I had to learn everything because I had never used tools before. Like I was never doing any mechanical stuff with my dad growing up or anything like that. So it was like a pretty steep learning curve for taking the schooling, but I like fell in love with it very fast and I did really well. Um, I was like the president of the student association at SAIT. I won the Dean's Award in the aviation program. Like I just, I really loved it. And I've, I've always been passionate about like volunteering since I was in school. So yeah, and now I'm a volunteer for a women in aviation organization that's based out of Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm their Northern ambassador. So for like all the women in the Northern part of Canada, I'm like the ambassador for Elevate. So it's good because I get to network and connect with other females in the industry. And uh, yeah, I've just, I've been working up North pretty much my whole career. So six years, I was in Yellowknife for a few years, Fort Smith, Northwest Territories, 
I did like a brief stint working in Calgary. Um, and then I went up to Nunavut and that is where I'm at now. So that's a little bit about me. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like you said, you've done nothing mechanical, nothing with tools, nothing of the sort uh, until you went to state. That That's very uncommon. Usually when we, when we hear women, especially that say like, oh, what got you in aviation? Like, well, I used to work for my dad. I, I was the one holding the, the torch or the flashlight and they would always yell at me that I'm not holding it in the right spot or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or they say, go get me this tool. I have no idea what that was. And they yell at me more. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, that somehow, and somehow that didn't traumatize them. And then they decided to go be a mechanic professionally. And then they made their way to the decision point of either being an automotive mechanic, a motorcycle mechanic, or just work on planes. And then they decided to do either one or all three. So it's, it's very interesting to hear, like, I did nothing of the sort until I went to SAIT and then I just became uh, a passionate uh, AME from it. Yeah, yeah I, really- no, I just stumbled upon the career and I'm just very glad I did. I don't really know how my life would be if I didn't end up meeting this person that was taking the program because I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, it says a lot about you and, and who you are as a person. To come from no aviation background, I mean, zero, and then excelling in the field to becoming the spokesperson for the Northern Women for Elevate and also winning the AMT, uh, AMC competition, uh, beating out 72 other teams from all over uh, Canada and, and the United States. Like, that's, that's impressive. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So, uh, oh, sorry. so no, some, I'm sorry. I'm getting a bit of a delay here. Uh, so you, you said you're in Nunavut and one of the most Northern places you mentioned to us offline was, is it alert? I, I think that's how you say it. Alert. Yeah. That's 83. Like degrees alert. North. You're going to freeze to death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cold warning alert. 83 degrees North. I mean, I, I don't know how good some people are with maps or where, what lo- uh, latitude longitude looks like, but 80 th- 83 degrees north is probably like the, mo- the most northern habitable place before you touch the North Pole, pretty much. Like, if, if Santa's workshop really existed, you're probably like in the front yard of it. <laughs> She's the one fixing the sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah. So, What's so, that so like? what is your... So you're up there obviously working on planes. What is the... What is the, are they passenger planes? Are they, are, is it research planes? Is it all of the above? Like what, what's the, uh, what's the main thoroughfare coming through? Um, yeah. So when I was in alert, I've been there just a couple of times and I was flying around with a passenger machine. So I was the engineer that flew around with the plane just to make sure, you know, if, if the starter, you know, if I needed to change a starter or a wheel or just like whatever I needed to do to get the plane back. Um, and then where I work in Resolute Bay, it's passenger machines as well. So we have, um, I think it's about five out of seven days a week. We've got um, a scheduled flight into the community. Um, and it's mostly for medical travel because the communities that my company serves, there's no road access. They're fly-in only. So like, yeah, Canadian North is very important to like serving these Northern communities because these people that live there, they aren't going to like, if they need to go anywhere for medical travel, 
um, they're going to fly south and they're going to take my airplane and go to Iqaluit, then maybe to Ottawa, something like that. Um, so it's really important. Like my, the planes that I'm working on, like they have quite an important purpose as to why they're in all of these communities. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. So I got to say, I've never met a, an actual, uh, I'm going to call him a bush mechanic until now you are, you are what I read about in a book years ago called bent props and blow pots. Have you ever read that? No, I haven't. Oh my God. Let me, uh, I have it on my bookshelf over here. I got to go grab it so I can tell you who the author was, but it is about Canadian bush flying back in like the 1930s. Oh, that's and so cool. Yeah. The, the, the guy who is the mechanic, he talks about landing on a frozen lake, a riverbed and they bent the prop on a rock that was hidden under some snow. And he took the prop off, wedged it between two rocks and bent it back into shape with his weight and, and a hammer. Oh my and God. So that's the bent prop side. And then he puts it back on, they fly home and then he talks about the, the blow pot side, which is a, like a kerosene heated uh, five gallon bucket or whatever, but you have to drain the oil as soon as you land because it's so cold there, the oil will start to congeal, especially the old olden days oil. And you have to heat it with kerosene and then get it hot, pour it back in the motor and then start to start the motor before it uh, congeals again. Wow. That I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not at that extent, but I am working outside. Like I don't have a hangar in Resolute Bay. So if anything does happen, like I'm doing it outside, even my daily inspection every day, obviously I'm doing that outside. So it's cold up there too. Like with the wind chill in the wintertime, it gets to like minus 60. So, and no matter if we're talking Celsius or Fahrenheit, that's the same temperature. So it can get very cold. (laughs) At what point below zero, does it all feel the same? I don't know. It depends on like, if it's a wet cold or a dry cold, because when I worked in Yellowknife, like, you know, minus 45 was cold, but then being in Iqaluit and Resolute Bay, minus 45 is like way colder than it was in Yellowknife. So it's all very cold though. I have like a lot of warm clothes, coveralls, big jacket, big boots. Like I definitely like look like a snowman, like so big by the time I have everything on. <laughs> and what's that, what's that dexterity? Like, you know, since you have to have so many warming layers just to shield yourself from the elements, like, does that make your job harder? Have you learned to adapt oh, it to does. it? Yeah, no, like, like climbing up the ladder to service the engine oil when I have that much on, like, you know, my my boots come halfway up my shin because they're good for minus 50. So it is, it's just, everything is a hassle when it's that cold. So everything takes longer, like hiking through and when it's windy and just walking against the wind and the snow and wearing an extra like 15 pounds of gear, like, I mean, I'm used to it, but it's then when it comes summertime and I can just wear like a regular outfit for work and I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> so shorts and a t-shirt. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> so, so she's like Dragon Ball, you know what I mean? Like she does like that weighted clothing training in the wintertime. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then she takes it all off. She's like hopping onto the airplane. No ladder, no nothing. Just. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah and like when i went from Res- so i was in resolute bay at work and then i flew to dallas for the aerospace maintenance competition so going right from resolute to dallas and it was like you know minus 45 with the wind chill and resolute going to 25 degrees in dallas i was in like shorts and dresses and one guy said oh like we all think this is cold like we have jackets on outside right now <laughs> i'm like 
It's like, this is summer for me, friend. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was 40 degrees when I left the house this morning here, which is strange for this time of year, but this coming weekend, it'll be 95 degrees. But I just had a sweatshirt on, so I run hot. I'm from a, originally from a, a colder part of the country. Um, and this morning, I was like, man, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a little chilled right now. <laughs> it's, 40. it's beach weather for some people. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, what's been some of the most challenging uh, maintenance tasks you ever had to do out in any of the Nunavut areas? Like, we mentioned, like, having the pretty much like the hockey style gear where, like, 15 pounds of of equipment plus sweat and whatever else you're carrying now all of a sudden turns into like two thirds of your body weight. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what's some of like the maintenance related tasks that's been? like some of the biggest challenges, especially for areas that cold? Um, hmm. Well, I remember being in Yellowknife and it was like, yeah, minus 45. And I was trying to service the hydraulics on the 737 and like the valve was frozen. So I couldn't even pump hydraulic fluid in. We had to get a Herman Nelson to like warm everything up in the landing gear bay just to service the hydraulics. So it's just, it's not like challenging, like, frustrating but it's just like everything is a hassle and takes longer like Like, changing a landing light bulb you know when it's cold outside like something taking out five screws that hold the panel on when you're in the hangar could take one minute but when you're outside and your fingers are freezing and you can't wear gloves taking screws out like just everything takes longer and everything hurts uh, more too. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask the question. Into the truck and like warm up your fingers every five minutes because they're so cold. I've had to do that before changing fuel controls and and negative twenty five temps. Now I'm gonna ask the question we all are thinking: What's a Herman Nelson? Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 I have no idea. Literally, I, all the Canadian listeners are gonna be like, "Well, I know what that is." <laughs> It's uh, just like, a little, like it's like a diesel engine like heater like it just like puts out hot air so like okay. it's like a big duct so you can position it wherever you need it to go to blow hot air so it just like warms things up okay so, we have we have hvac machines down here uh <laughs> which blow cool air it blows cool air. It blows cool air. Those in Canada, maybe in like Toronto, Vancouver, like not <laughs> where I'm at. What drew you to that far north? Um. So when I graduated from state, like that's in Calgary, I th- it was like a recession for finding a job. Like nobody could find apprenticeships in Calgary. And I just like looked online and applied at every possible apprenticeship I could find. And the first person that called me back was Fort Smith, Northwest Territories. So um, it's, it's 15 hours North of Calgary and Holy cow. By driving or flying? Driving. I'll say, okay. That makes a dumb question on my part. I was like, I was thinking thinking of flying. Well, if she flies, she's going to end up in, in South America. <laughs> 15 hours north north of there right oh, you go so far north you're south <laughs> <laughs> it's but it's far north for people that live in like central alberta like the northwest territories is far so i went up there to do my apprenticeship and i had never been north of like grand prairie so that's kind of like midway up alberta 
And I went and started my apprenticeship because I just, I didn't want to wait for a job in Calgary and I was motivated to start my apprenticeship. And I just fell in love with the North. Like I met so many amazing people up there and like, I had a blast. I worked for this small family owned airline that operates turboprops and, and I just like absolutely loved it. Like I just fell in love with everything about the North. Like it's beautiful no matter what time of year, summer, winter. There was a beautiful river that ran right through the small town I lived in. Only 2,500 people in this small community. And like, yeah. So I moved back home to Calgary because I thought I wanted to work at um, kind of a well-known airline in Canada. Um, it was like my dream job. So I got this job in Calgary and I moved from Fort Smith to Calgary, quickly realized that that was not my dream job and that I loved the North. And so I went back up North and went to Yellowknife. Okay. So, so, yeah. so uh, with you saying like, Oh, no one goes that far up North. Like what's the demographic like for AMEs out there? Like is, is it very small? And like, are you like one of the, few women in that small or what's what's that like oh yeah it's definitely um in the north i think i can count in the last six years i think i know of maybe five other female ames that have worked in like yellow knife and a caluit um i've to this day never worked with another female engineer i've worked with like a couple of female apprentices here and there um, but at my company, like in Akalowit, I'm the only female that has um, aircraft certification authority. So I'm the only female that signs off airplanes with my company. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's definitely like just crazy to think about. <laughs> so there's probably a decent, decent chance for growth um, and for work for females that far north if they're willing to, to move up there like you were. Is that, is that accurate or? Yeah, I would say so for sure. And now um, I'm actually doing a rotational position now after transferring to none of it last July. Now I do three weeks on three weeks off and I live in Alberta and then I fly to work for three weeks. Oh, that's um, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So I get to live like where my family's all at and stuff, which is great. And then um, I get to go and still work up north. So I have all these friends in the north and like, I love being there, but I also get to be at home with my family. So it's great. And I think just for anyone really, that's like willing to go up north, like it's just a, such a cool experience and you get to see parts of Canada that like people pay thousands of dollars to go see these communities and, and I'm getting paid to work at them. So it's just like great to live in it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, your affiliation with Elevate, um, uh, what's that been like? How did you first get involved with that? And then, um, you know, what was been your business success and, and hardships and everything and doing, doing what you've done um, in that realm? Yeah, no, I absolutely love Elevate. Like, so I found out about Elevate in 2019 when I was living in Yellowknife and my manager asked me if I would help organize this women in aviation um it was like a cross-country tour that elevate was doing and they were going to every city in canada like all of the um capitals and Yellowknife had a stop and so i got to help them like organize the stop so it's just a day of like showcasing like all the aviation careers and specifically geared towards like girls in high school 
So we invite like all these girls into the hangar and show them aviation careers. And that's like how I was introduced to Elevate. Um, and then I realized, wow, like this is such an awesome organization. I, at that point, I had just gotten my engineer's license. Yes. Cause that was 2019. And so I realized, I wish I had known about Elevate when I was an apprentice because I went through some bullying and harassment when I was an apprentice. And a lot of people I worked with told me I just needed to have thicker skin and to stop taking things personally. So I like bottled everything up and like kept things in and like until I pretty much like exploded and kind of quit my job. Um, but if I would have known about Elevate, like I would have been able to have been connected with like a mentor and known like, wow, other female AMEs like go through exactly what I'm going through. So once I learned about Elevate, when I, ha when I was an engineer, I was like, I love everything they stand for. Like, I wish I had known about them sooner because it, they would have helped me. And, and I want to be able to help other people, you know, help hope that they wouldn't go through kind of the things I went through, but at least if they did, I could be a mentor for other women to know, like, no, what you're feeling is totally valid and you're allowed to feel that way. Um, so yeah, I knew Elevate was looking for an ambassador in the Northwest territories and, and that's where I lived. Um, so I applied to become their ambassador for the North and that was in 2019. And since then I've been the Northern ambassador and, yeah, like I just love it. I got to go to the Canadian Women in Aviation Conference um, in August 2019, and that was amazing. Um, and then obviously with COVID, like things kind of slowed down. We did a lot, a lot of like virtual. Um, can they, the uh, what was it? International Women's Day um, in 2020 and 2021. I got to help out doing like virtual presentations. I've done like um, just public speaking for them about like being a female AME just pretty much anytime I can like talk to anybody that wants to hear about my job, I'm very happy to do that. Um, and then also I won Elevate Aviation has this Inspire Gala every year. And I was nominated by many folks, um, <laughs> including you guys, to win this Inspire Award for 2022. And so I'm very excited that I am one of the Inspire features for this year. So they do, we got to do this like retreat weekend last month where all 10 of us got together and had like an awesome photo shoot and we just had like a fun weekend together. And then in October this year, we have a gala in Edmonton. So all 10 of us are being kind of showcased at that gala in October. And I'm just like so excited about that. Oh, that's very cool. Very, very cool. Congrats on that. Again, from all of us, we've said it like how many times already, but congrats again. Just further showing that we're nowhere near the caliber of you and many others <laughs> of your like you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So, 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 spe so speaking with Elevate, Elevate Aviation, I remember there was a, um, a mechanical skills competition in Toronto. And Elevate Aviation was one of the sponsors who sponsored an all-woman team to go to that competition. Uh, was Ele was your team, i.e. Elevate Aviation team, were you the only all-woman team in that competition? Yes. So there were seven teams that competed at that event. And Elevate, we actually had two female teams. 
Um, and it was awesome. Cause out of like, so seven teams, two of them were like the all women. We actually had, um, a transgender person on our team as well. So that was really amazing. We had like a good diverse group of people and, um, yeah, for our two teams, we won six out of seven of the awards at that competition. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, wow. We won first place, third place. Um, best structures score on the stru- structures challenges. Uh, the student on our team won highest team or sorry, the highest student score. Um, we had like the best team spirit and the best uniform because we got like these cool jerseys made. So, yeah, it was like very humbling and very exciting. And that was my first skills competition. And I was really nervous. But once I started doing it, I was like, this is a breeze. Like, I know how to do this. Like, one of them was doing, um, we, I had to make a wiring harness. And like, I'm not avionics. So I haven't done that really since I was at school. But I was doing the harness and the judge was like, wow, like one of these other guys that did it before you didn't even know how to hold wire strippers. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I know how to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was super fun. And and we all had a blast. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, was anybody on the team, anybody that you mentored personally? Or um, mentored since? Yes, since for sure. So Nordia King, she was on my team in Toronto last year. And like since then, she's just gotten so involved with Elevate, which is amazing. Um, She's in her second year at Centennial College in Toronto. And she was actually on my team in Dallas last month. Oh, right. And like, you know, I had a commercial aviation team at the Dallas Skills Competition. And so we we wanted her to be on our team, you know, even though she is a student because students had their own category at that event. But we had her on our team because she's just so amazing. And like she did so well and just had like such a good like mentality and attitude. And yeah, she did awesome in Dallas. So speaking yeah. of that, speaking of the AMC in Dallas, like when Elevate Aviation compiled their team to send to Dallas, I want to say there was like maybe you, your team was maybe like one of five i want to say five all women uh teams out of that 72 uh team uh competition and a lot of the women that were in uh, elevate aviation's team your team were advocates in their own right like i want to say uh at least three of them uh alicia for sure uh is with uh this one now go now soon to be non-profit organization uh what's it hanger queens right yeah. her her and stephanie who were part of the, oh, I don't think Stephanie was there for that competition, but Alicia, for sure. Um, when you're all advocates in your own rights, you've been mentoring each other for some time now, and then they send you guys to Dallas. When Elevate Aviation uh, comp- uh, consolidated you guys or asked you guys to be a part of the team, did they just, ra- they just knew who to pick or they just kind of say like, who wants to be on our team? Um, okay. So how it actually came to be was the founder of Elevate. She specifically asked me to create a team. Oh, okay. So, so you're the, oh. I'm the like, you're I the, got you're the grand ask. wizard then. Yeah. <laughs> She's queen of the North and team captain. That's right. Yeah. Queen of the North. <laughs> I uh, was the team captain. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure your last name's not Stark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, that's why, like, I wanted, you know, Alicia's so amazing. I asked Alicia and Nordia being on our team. It really was pretty much all of us 
from Toronto because we were, you know, we hadn't met in person before doing that skills competition in Toronto. And we worked so well together. You know, we took home like pretty much everything that you could possibly take home. And I was like, let me just ask all of these women again, because we worked so well together last year. You know, we're not coworkers. That's the funny thing. Like we don't work together in our careers, but we worked so well together in Toronto and yeah, that's, that's why I asked. And Hannah, the structures engineer, she's awesome. And, and Lindsay from Flair, she wasn't in Toronto, but she was like a really good benefit to our team in Dallas. So yeah, it's, and just amazing to, to know, like, we don't even work together in our careers, but we did so well. Like Alicia and I had never worked together until the AMC and her and I replaced an APU burner can in like seven and a half minutes, which wow. I'm very impressed with. Cause when I do that alone at work, it's like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's again, that's another example of, of how you and others like you there, the other ladies that were on the team are just uh, shining examples of what professionals in the industry really are. Um, a dream team, if you were, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a management dream team. I have, you mean to tell me I have these, these ladies from all over that have never worked together and they can go and clean house in the first go. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine, imagine if you guys did work together. Holy, holy Well, that's exactly it. We keep joking about creating an aircraft maintenance organization, like at my boyfriend's farm (laughs) and starting up like an AMO with like crop dusters in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can even start your own AOG maintenance, which down here is called aircraft on ground. But um, you're just traveling mechanics. You travel all around working jets where they break. Kind of like when I was up, I was telling you, I was up there uh, in Calgary uh, changing those AGB seals out on that Falcon. Um, that that's AOG work. So I go, I go where the plane breaks. Traveled all over Canada, U.S., Mexico, in the Caribbean, chasing private jets. At least for that job. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> wow. Oh my, my God. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to Alicia about that. We might yeah. have to set that up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and especially with uh, Hangar Queens being soon to be a nonprofit. I mean, maybe that can somehow turn into a training event too. Like you guys host seminars or something like that. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Not yeah. <laughs> might be something for y'all to do. But it, it also, it, what it does really is it forwards the culture, right? Or the, the cultural mindset. Like you can, we, you can do it because we can do it. And you think that we're just, all stars we didn't become like this overnight like this if you hear like with your background like i didn't know the first thing of what tools were and now look at here or you have someone who just had a passion for something they just really wanted to get into it like they studied hard they did what they did and now they're up here so i believe just showing that that you can be average and do above average things is such an inspiration really and uh, i'm gonna ask about the competition too like um what sort of things that you do or did amongst your team that kind of help them get like help fire them up really like you've never seen this job before because i mean let's be you real must be one hell of a motivational speaker that's what i'll say yeah for <laughs> totally like we've never done uh virtual spray painting but let's do this guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, it really was just like right from day one when we all knew who was going down to Dallas and like my team and I did so many like Zooms to like get ourselves geared up for this event. And it was always just like, okay, 
we are just going to go in and do our best. Like, of course we want to win. Like who doesn't want to win? But we're like, I, I don't have a competitive bone in my body. Like I'm one of those people who think that everyone deserves a medal and that if you tried like good for you, like I'm that person that's going to have like the orange slices at, at my future kids soccer games and just be like, (laughs) good job for trying everybody. Like who cares if you win or lose? So that's been like my mindset. Obviously I want to win. Like that's, I'm not going into this competition thinking we're going to lose, but you know, we, we will do our best and, you know, act professionally and just have respect for all the other teams. And we just went in there with like, you know, very positive attitudes and like optimistic and like, we're going to work hard and try our best. And hopefully that's good enough. And, and if it's not, that's okay. Because at least we know that we did our best, you know, we're trying and we did, we had the manuals so we could read up. Like I read up before, you know, the competition kind of when I was flying down there, I was reading about this, the skills that I was going to do. Um, but yeah, I just know like some of the airlines in America, they trained for this thing. Like they would get together once a month in different cities across America and like full on practice these events. Like, and you still so, smoked them. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, Son. we didn't have any of these events, but you know, we did well. So <laughs> it just shows that, you know, like we're good at our jobs and that's the thing. Like I'm good at my job and I know that so I can read a manual and figure it out. Like do, I mean, obviously if we had that specific APU or the specific engine or whatever, sure. Like maybe it would have been nice to practice, but at the end of the day, it's like everything's just nuts and bolts and we can read manuals and figure it out as we go. And yeah, we had fun. That's the thing. Like we had, I watched some other teams and they were so serious and they weren't talking to each other as they were doing the events. And, and like my teammates and I, like we were laughing and we were having fun and, you know, focused, but also just like talking to each other. Like we communicated so well and worked together so well that I like the judges just notice like, wow, these women are like working together so well for people that don't actually work together as coworkers. Uh, You know what? If I was any kind of hiring authority, I would personally like to eat your, your whole team right there and your backup teams from Toronto. Like here is a offer letter. Think about it. (laughs) And, and I would like to have each of you on our team because we need, some game changers, some culture um, mindset changers to get this ball rolling into the future. Seriously. And uh, going about the competition and uh, we were, we were there watching the awards and stuff. And this one women team, uh, it's chick fix. I would think was the name. I can't remember what Mm -hmm. airlines they were, but they, they were united. Yeah. So they won or placed in almost every single event. Now, even even the ones that were like student rated, like how did they win the student one? But well, whatever they won, <laughs> right? But how did that feel though? Even though it wasn't your team, that uh, a all women team was winning like seventy, like sixty eight out of seventy two categories uh, for your. Oh my god, we were so excited for them! Like throughout the whole two day competition, the chick fix team we're just like so great. Like we chatted with them the whole time, like elevates team and the chick fix. Like we were always just chatting. Like it wasn't like, Oh, these are our competition. Like we were like all supporting each other. Like both teams were just like, you know, 
how did that go? Oh, like, good job. Like we were all just like so excited for each other. So that's just it. Like when they're so few and far between to find like female maintenance technicians, it's like instantly just like friendship. So there were other female teams for sure. Like I know FedEx had one and then there was another one um, from a different airline and I can't even remember which one, but you know, like we didn't actually chat as much with them, but like that chick fix team. Oh my gosh. Like I just love them all. They were, so, and I followed like a couple of them on LinkedIn and stuff beforehand. So I was like, Oh, I'm so excited to meet this woman. Like, and she was just as nice in person as she was online. So it was great. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. When, when, when I'll say heroes for a lack of a better word, but when you're heroes and you meet them in person, like they're, they're exactly what they portray themselves to be online or whatever Mm -hmm. that's a that's always a positive man it it means a lot Uh, now let's talk about when you received the top amt professional award i mean let's 72 teams times five like out of Mm -hmm. all out of all those competitors you were picked number one not runner-up there wasn't someone else after you it was just you flat out like here for a top AMT award, we present Cassandra Hip. And how did that, f- from that second when they said your name and they put your face on the screen and they had the award with your name on the screen, how did that feel? Oh, <laughs> um, oh my God. I just could not believe it. Like I, I was so shocked and just instantly started crying. <laughs> like, and I'm sure to some people that's like kind of strange because it's like, well, why was she crying? But, you know, for the people that know me and know how my career has been and like all of the hardships I've gone through and like just certain things that have happened in my career over the last six years, like it just, it really meant a lot to me to know like, okay, I worked hard. I did my best and I treated my Uh, I treated my teammates with like the utmost respect, like how people deserve to be treated. And they, they noticed that like the judges noticed the way that I treated my teammates. And I think it just like, really like my heart was just like overwhelmed with emotions. Like, because this is the way that everyone deserves to be treated. Like the way that I treat people, like I just wish that people would have treated me that way when I was younger. So it's just, it was just like very emotional for me because I'm like, okay, like I, I know like this is the way that I treat everybody. And you know, like it's, it just meant a lot to have the judges notice that. Um, well, and it's also proof, right. Showing all the haters and all the people who have not been so kind throughout your journey. Right. It's validation. Like, Hey, Hey, you know, assholes, uh, you didn't break me. <laughs> Yeah, I not came only out did on I, top, you know. Not yeah. only did I, you not break me, I topped you out on your own game. I mean, let, let's yeah. let, let let's uh, address that. Uh, a six-year Amy winning a top award that normally takes someone anywhere between ten to life to get something similar. Uh, well, and this is her second win. I mean, yeah. If you la- if you t- count the Toronto in there, I mean that's that's two big awards right out the gate, right. Two time yeah. champion, they get the championship belts and hold them up higher. <laughs> Two time. <laughs> and no, and I know I've, I've learned to realize like I cannot control what other people think of me. And like, people are going to have opinions about 
women in aviation and like female mechanics and like, yes, I'm young and yes, I'm small. And yeah, maybe I can't lift a starter by myself or lift the battery, but I excel in a lot of other ways. Like my hands are very small, so I can get into like tight places where, you know, maybe a man's hands would barely fit. Mine are just like they so small, they can slip right in. So like I have strengths and weaknesses just like everybody else, but I'm like content and confident with who I am. But I had to learn how to be that way because of having people put me down because I realized people are intimidated by me. And so then when they don't like that, they try to like put me down because it's a way that they can like get ahead of me, like by belittling or like putting me down. But I'm, it's just, no, I mean, whatever, like I, people will think what they want to, but I'm like comfortable and confident with who I am. So yeah, I just, I'm proud of myself and very like humbled and still, I still can't believe it. I like have the award. And, and then when I was flying home, I flew through Chicago airport and then I'm like walking to my gate and I see this like big display and I went up to it and it was for the award that I won. They have like a big display in the Chicago airport of all oh, wow. the people who have won this award. I'll have to send you guys the picture. Cause then I got some random guy to take a picture of me beside it. Cause I was like, check me out. But anyways, there was not one female name on that whole board. So I'm the first female to win this professional AMT award. Yay. I mean, so, what, what's it like to be cool? <laughs> what is it like to be cool? <laughs> yeah, send, send us some of the send us some of those uh, good good maintenance vibes. Yeah, really, <laughs> right. Sending them your way from Canada, right? Or or, or breaking into like webinar size chunks so we can teach this to other people. Like you see this, here's a person who had zero maintenance background, zero aviation background, had no idea what tools even were, and. They're becoming inaugural uh, women in certain awards. They're becoming inaugural uh, with, uh, recipients of, of XYZ. What's stopping you? Really? Mm-hmm. Right? That's the question I think we should all ask everybody or ask ourselves. Like, what's really stopping you from achieving the, gra- the, the greatness? Right? If it, is it the hard work? Is it the lack of work? Is it the lack of sleep? Is it the lack of motivation? Let's, let's oh, take... Exactly. Let's take a look at someone like Cassandra over here, like six years and pay, pretty much being like a three-time champ already. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah. And that's what like I've learned over the last six years is that like people can literally learn anything. Like I didn't know anything and I've learned it all. So when people say, oh, well, I can't do that. It's like, yeah, you can. Like you can literally do anything. Like you just learn it. You just work hard and gained education and like taken all the knowledge that people want to give you and and you you just figure it out what's that saying mvp that one of your coaches mentioned to you uh some time ago oh yeah i had a, a soccer coach in high school he was from uh zambia uh the country of zambia in africa and uh he said um you know you never stop learning until the day you die and if you do you're already dead. It was something along those lines, but basically you're, you're dead in the head the day, the day you choose to stop learning. And that's so true that because nobody, nobody knows everything. And that's what sometimes I wish like some of the like high time senior guys at certain companies, you know, like at one point they didn't know anything. 
So cut the people some slack that don't know anything right now. Cause like we all have to learn and yeah, like nobody stops learning. Yeah. So six and I experienced that in our last positions and, and definitely a little bit in the, even in our current positions, but um, those same people, right. They did what they had to do. Mostly shady backstabbing stuff to get to the positions they were in. And then they would hold withhold information from everybody because they use that as justification of their existence. So that this place can't operate without me because I'm the only one who knows this. But instead of the company going, uh, you're setting up a single point of failure and we'll have none of it. They went, that person's super valuable. We should give them more money. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, yeah. I dealt with that at like a previous job and there was one, only one guy who knew how to do the engine rigging on the uh, the TPE three thirty one dash ten? I don't know if you hey, guys are familiar uh, with that. Hey, I've got I've got tons of time and service on that motor. Okay, so you probably know how to do the engine rigging, but like I do at my previous <laughs> job, like so you know it's a like a pain in the ass or whatever. Oh, it's yes. like it's a skill you need to learn. But there was only one guy who knew it, and instead of teaching everyone else how to do it, it was like he was like, "Nope, I'm the engine rigging guy." He would not teach anyone. Like I had the manual, the book, but you know, for someone who's been doing this for two decades, you'd think he want, he would want to spread the knowledge, but it wasn't, it was like, I'm valuable because I'm the only one who knows how to do this and I'm not going to teach anybody else. Yeah. And consequently, those same individuals refuse to learn anything new either. Yeah. So that's their only way. That's their only way to stay relevant is because they're, they're falling behind on everything else. So the, the only card they have in the game is that I can rig the engine. Yeah. And, and consequently, we've also seen those individuals who say that they know a bunch of things and they don't like uh, this is kind of our daily bane uh, right now where we would go uh, look at, look over a person's job or to inspect to sign off a person's job. And it's clearly wrong. And they go like, well, this is how we've always done it. Or they'll say something along the lines of this is how we've always done it. Uh, this is how I remember it. Or I know better than what the manual says whatever the case, whatever the excuse is or whatever their logic reasoning for why they did it wrong is. And we tell them like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like this is the standard. This is what I'm inspecting you to. And this is where you did it wrong. I don't know how you could mess that up because it's right here. And it's proof in the pudding because of if a six year uh, AME who's never worked with any other team members can go to a competition and ace it in under seven minutes how is it that you air quote done this for 10 plus years or more don't understand and refuse to understand what the standard is telling you. So <laughs> here's your fail. <laughs> Aww. See you, see you for remedial in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back to make sure you fix yourself. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, we can, we can go on forever on that subject. Uh, so what is next for Cassandra Hep? Wow, that is a fine question. <laughs> I am that is a good question. Um so right now I am rotating to Resolute Bay and I do like rotating just because I love having the 3 weeks off. Um it would be nice to eventually get to Alberta full time. Um you know, hopefully in Edmonton and you know, just stay with my current company and, and just see, I would like to get in a position where I can make a difference. Like just because I've seen a lot of like things that I would never want to have happen to other people. So I would like to be in a role 
that I can make sure that people are being treated equally. Like I'm very passionate about equality and like diversity in the workplace. So it'd be nice to be, you know, maybe in like a supervisor role on the hangar floor or a manager role sort of thing. Just so I I just, I want to make sure that people are treated the way that they're supposed to be. So that would be like my future hopes with my career. But so right maybe now rotating. <laughs> so maybe you can do that AOG thing we mentioned earlier or, or bring that up to your existing company. Say, hey, you know, uh, and now that you've won several competitions and are clearly good at what you do and have proven yourself time and again, yeah, you got some weight behind you to go to your existing company and say, hey, you know, uh, what if we started an AOG group? I said, what's that? Well, well, it's, you know, aircraft on ground. We travel around, do this. We need a couple of trucks and vans and we already have the support equipment or here's how the amount of dollars we need to spend to start this up. But I project we'll make, you know, at, at, you know, six to 10 planes a month or whatever, we will, we'll have this kind of profit sell to that way. And maybe you can head that division and then be in charge of all the hiring and, and exactly everything you just said, you know? And ensure that uh, people are treated fairly and enjoy coming to work every day. Yeah, that is definitely an option. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's clear that your team be building skills is on par with the best of them. I mean, even even the team that you did gather and work together, each and every one of them are advocates in their own right and have excellent team building skills. So hint, right. hint wink, wink. I mean, if yep, you guys you did it, you'd make a killing. <laughs> yeah, and you've proven that you you can be successful with a group that you've never met before. That's just, you just have that, those people skills and the know-how and, and it just works. So something to think about anyways. I mean, you might be able to base yourself out of, uh, you know, Edmonton or, or Calgary even, or, or whatever, but um, there is a lot of, uh, you know, corporate jet work in, in the Calgary area. I know that. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Well, I, I do know that my future is bright with like in the aviation industry. I'll have a lot of different options for sure. Oh, definitely. And, so, and be it be it either Canada or the United States. If you chose to come further south, you would have massive options down here. <laughs> so uh what would you what would you say for someone who's aspiring to be an AME or just take up anything aviation in general? Um, that they are definitely smart for wanting to join the aviation industry. (laughs) Um, but just to be like very open-minded, um, willing to like take constructive criticism and be able to like own up on, take responsibility for your actions. Like that's a big one in our industry. Like you can't, yes, it is. Like it is because I've we yeah. all see a lot of people who just like to point fingers and not own up to, you know, making mistakes. And that's a huge thing. Like we've all made mistakes. I've made mistakes, but I've owned up to them and said, wow, like, I did yeah. this. Like, you got to yeah. own it. <laughs> the sharpened pencil has done no work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those individuals, they they look good, but that's because they haven't done shit. That's why they haven't made the mistakes. And then they have a lot of things to say if you do something wrong. But at least, like, yeah, I could go on about that, but I shouldn't. No, I think um, we all could. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, I was going to ask. You know, we we did we did a, an episode about you know running into wildlife and such, and and six and I's travels in our past. 
and, and currently, um, my most recent stuff were banana spiders. Disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that I was, I was recently out, out on a work trip in, in six's homeland. Um, and they have giant banana spiders, which are, which are just gross. Uh, but <laughs> I was going to ask, so what, what kind of wildlife in, uh, you know, run-ins have you had up North? Uh, moose polar bear okay first of all i just googled banana spider and that is disgusting (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're pretty pretty. why i live in the arctic and not in southern parts where those spiders exist because like no thanks (laughs) yeah they're uh so i went out and looked at a b-52 wreckage uh from from back in the 70s and uh all over that thing were were banana spiders and it was just gross you guys would catch me on a plane back to canada if i ever saw one of those (laughs) 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 um because yeah all i have to worry about well not all i have to worry about running into polar bears (laughs) oh yeah something that can actually eat you yeah that would murder me so you know uh, I'd still take the polar bear over that spider because that's creepy looking, but like <laughs> I just had yeah, in the winter time, like so the polar bears aren't there right now, but for sure, like from November to I don't know, February, March, they're they're around. So so my no. plane sits outside every night. Um, so my like morning routine when I go to put heat, because I hook up the heat cart at like 4 a.m. So the routine is to take like a really wide loop in my work truck just to make sure there's no wildlife before I'm like laying on the ground, hooking up this heat card. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, like, do you have to like, we kind of do a wide sweep and check the area and make sure there's no, and then do you carry a sidearm or anything with you? I mean, polar bears coming, you're pretty much screwed, but. That's exactly it. I have heard like people have told me I probably I should. And I mean, I haven't thought about it much because now I'm it's not polar bear season. So maybe maybe I'll rethink that in like September, October. But I'll yeah, I just do like a really wide loop and there's no fence like my airport isn't fenced in. So they literally could just walk up right onto the runway. Yeah, I was just kind of curious if like you're up there on a ladder servicing servicing oil or hydro or whatever else and then you feel your ladder moving you turn around and there's a grizzly uh, a, gri- uh, uh, a polar bear standing up on a tying legs leaning on the ladder looking at you like you're a, a nice tasty burrito you know <laughs> and all, wearing all your layers <laughs> oh my god i uh i don't know i mean so far i haven't run into that problem and i like my work truck is always parked very close to me like whenever i am working so i'm just like very aware of what's around me like i'll definitely keep like scanning as i'm working um to make sure that there's nothing like that close by (laughs) yeah that's that's crazy Uh, i've never been i've never been anywhere close to where a polar bear lives uh in my life um (laughs) But they are giant white murder murder machines. Yeah. Yes. It's true because in Yellowknife, there's uh, black bears. And those things, they won't really like mess with you unless you're messing with them. So it's like, it's kind of scary. But I know that a black bear, if it sees me, like I'm going to be an inconvenience to it. But that's about it. 
but polar bears, like people keep telling me if they say, if you see a polar bear, then that means the bear has seen you for the last 20 minutes. And like, it's been like trying to make a plan of how it's going to eat you. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. Shit. I mean, that's the, that's the real danger right? is because their, their hunting grounds are shrinking so much that they're getting desperate. So they're, they will go after humans. I think they're, the, those and grizzlies are the only ones that will attack humans, but grizzlies do it out of fear and fear and rage and territorial stuff. Uh, but polar bears will actually consume you. Grizzlies yeah. will just kill you and let you lie. Exactly. Man. Hashtag no. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> That's wild. Holy cow. Hey, and any final thoughts for and for the audience out there, Cassandra? Any anything and any, everything. <laughs> oh, oh, um, or anything about anything. <laughs> anything about anything. Uh come to the Canadian Arctic. I think it's and especially for any Canadians that are listening. Like, I think that all of this entire country, like, people need to see the North, and I think that there's just a lack of awareness about what's going on up in the territories. So I think that all Canadians should at least go up to these communities to see what's going on up there um, because it's really cool. And I'm very like, I feel privileged that I've gotten the opportunity to experience things that not a lot of people have experienced. So, yeah. Well, I am not Canadian, but I would love to come up there and see that place. So uh, if there's ever a time or a chance or whatever uh, that, uh, you know, your work, our work, whatever brings us that direction, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, let me know if you guys are ever up in Canada. Or if you ever do start that AOG company, hint, hint, wink, yeah. or or a school or a wet or like a seminar, a seminary convention or something like that. I mean, feel free to know our names when you do that and invite us up there. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to come up and do a live show with you and, and cover the events and whatever else. That'd be sweet. Yes, oh, that would be awesome. Most definitely. And um, this is my shameless uh, plug for Elevate Aviation and all the other uh, women advocacy uh, groups out there. If you're an aspiring uh, woman who wants to be a mechanic or you are one and you're trying to just kind of find your way about things, definitely hit up Cassandra or Elevate Aviation or Hangar Queens, and all these various other organizations that are slowly but surely finding their way into the limelight for for people like you who just want to a be a mechanic by by fair means and also to be a mechanic that actually has a career path uh laid out for them besides just figuring it out in the dark really mm-hmm. Shame, yeah. shameless shameless plug <laughs> yeah cassandra i mean feel free to plug in all your socials as well all your personal ones if you want to and and whatever else you want to say about everything oh, yeah. you're involved in that would be great. I mean, for sure, like you can add my Instagram. It's it's like private, but I can let people follow. And then LinkedIn, like I've I've got like a pretty big following on LinkedIn. So I don't know if people are using that down there, but yeah, yeah. not as much as not as much as you would think. But yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's mostly right. reserved for the executives uh, or uh, prospecting executives, mostly. Hmm. mostly there, there's some here's and there's but it's usually like uh they have the profile out there so they can kind of scout but it's mostly for executives or soon to be well that's fair yeah 
But definitely, if you, uh, you mentioned yourself, uh, Elevate Aviation, we both both of us have mentioned Hangar Queens. Is there any other organizations out there, especially Canada specific, for all our Canadian listeners out there that they can um, utilize? The Canadian Women in Aviation, they're really good. Um, they do a conference every couple of years and they actually have their conference in Edmonton this year. So you can follow them on Instagram and LinkedIn and everything as well. So um but yeah, other than that, for sure, Elevate and Hangar Queens, like they're they're the big ones. Yes. Most now, is your organization, uh, Elevate and Hangar Queens, are those limited to uh, Canadians and women specifically only? Or can uh, any any female from all over the globe choose to join? Or male and female, for that matter. Can, can it be anybody? Totally. Um, Elevate, it's it's kind of geared towards more like trying to support and encourage women to choose careers in aviation. But like, it's always good to have male allies as well. Um, and Hangar Queens is like specifically geared towards females in maintenance roles. So regardless of Canadian or not, like if you're a woman and as a maintenance technician, um, on any type of aircraft for sure like follow hangar queens because it's just nice you know we chatted so much about being uh, a female mechanic and there's all these like women in aviation platforms but there never really was like a women in maintenance specific platform and that's like the whole point of hangar queens just because we're so few and far between so it's really nice to chat with other female maintenance techs to know the way that we are feeling and what we're going through is like very common amongst us. So yeah, female mechanics definitely follow hanger Queens. Outstanding. Well, Cassandra, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and be on the show with us. Uh, I know you had all sorts of plans and we kind of moved things around to get this rolling, but once again, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege and, we really, just, we really can say we can't hold a candle next to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with us. Uh, we'd love to have you back as a guest. And feel free to bring, bring your friends and, and, and others you've you know, competed with or worked with who, who want to come on the show. We'd love to have you know, the whole Elevate crew and, uh, yes. and, and or Hangar Queens crew or Andrew, whoever you, you deem worthy. Oh, thank you guys. I definitely am thinking of a few people for sure. And I appreciate so much that you wanted me to come on your show. <laughs> I love this. Like this was great. And I'm really excited to hear it and like share it with all of my friends. And I know a lot of people are going to be excited. So it's awesome. It Thanks. truly is. We're definitely excited. We're definitely excited. Thank you again so much. And for everyone else out there, uh, uh, if you have any questions for us or would like to know of any specific questions uh, from Cassandra or some of the stuff that uh, any of the women organizations do, please shoot us a line on any of our social medias or on our email, go to a website, whichever is the easiest for you to contact us. We're very good at uh, getting back with you. So once again, just let us know and whichever is easiest for you and we'll get to you as soon as we can. On that note, thanks again, everybody. Cassandra, thank you. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye, everyone. We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Freshour, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage.
Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.